0: Hello, you were listening to, or so they say, the podcast where two sisters still exist and travel when we can and find ghosts and stuff. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Megan. Did you like our new intro? Yeah. Did you like <laughs> that? Did, were you surprised to hear it? Because we're surprised to be recording it. <laughs> not really. Listen. Uh, oh, I keep doing this tongue thing. The and tongue I, click. I'm bad yeah, about that too. Sorry, everybody. Not cutting it. Um, I also say so a lot. I've noticed so, that. Too. Yes, n- I, yeah, I do. I do a lot of th- I just hate <laughs> a lot about myself, but we're not here for therapy right now. <laughs> no. Not this early in the episode. <laughs> no, not yet. So it's October. Listen, a lot of things happen. This was like our prime time, and now this is the last episode in October.
1: Oh, it is.
0: Crazy. Yeah. Really the only episode in October. What is... T- we
1: did one. Maybe we... And we did some Patreon episodes. Yes, I did a Patreon episode at least. There's a more of a minute with Megan. Yes, did I put that up? Uh-oh, <laughs> I don't know. Guess Gosh. what? It's up when you're hearing this because we're gonna have it up when we are. Read you this saying? <laughs> I mean, maybe I
0: won't get careful. Okay. Careful. I have a lot. The reason why is because I'm selfish and I went and got married. whoops a Daisy. Oh
1: uh, yeah. And that it was happened. like in the
0: first week-ish, technically not. Of uh, it was October eighth. So and then we we were lucky enough that we did take the time to go on a honeymoon. It was very fun. We were gone for 8 days. I took like an 11-day vacation, but we were you know traveling for 8 days. Mhm. Uh so
1: we didn't get to do much of anything. So we kind of squandered away our prime time. I know. Same with my other podcast. I mean, John and I with The Retro Club, we are both such big fans of horror, and I'm like, oh, man, because we also took a vacation while you took your honeymoon, and we did not think about podcast stuff at all. I didn't think about much of anything, mostly because I was dying from a sinus infection and an ear infection, so I had a great vacation.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was on the New England coast, so it was pretty That'd wonderful. Nice. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, Listen, if anybody, because we have the pe- our listeners are spooky people that's why you're here i was going to go to salem massachusetts and then i was doing research while we were next to salem realizing it was going to be like covered bridge on steroids mm-hmm. like they were like don't there won't be public ass- access to anything unless you pay for like if you have to go to the bathroom good luck you better buy something mm-hmm. someone was like we waited in line for 2 plus hours to get into the witch's house it was just they're like there are so many people and it's so stressful. Just go like in September when it's still fall, but not even remotely as busy. Right. So as much as it hurt, we didn't get to go to Salem. I re- there were, I tried. I we only went to three places. We only stayed in three places. And now I know for next time there is a lot to do in those places, and I'm going to plan another mm-hmm. trip. I was 20 minutes from the Lizzie Borden house in our
1: first Airbnb, and we didn't get to go did you you said you did or did not go to vermont did not that was another Uh, thing i really wanted to because they're filming beetle this second beetlejuice now and they have the whole town set up with like the red bridge and the house and the maitland's hardware store and you could have gone and seen the set (sighs) I, I found out about that after you got back and I was like, it's just,
0: we went to, we went to Connecticut, Maine and Rhode Island and we spent like three days, three full days in each of those places. That is surprisingly not enough. It was not enough uh, because we did something every day and it was still just not enough. By the way, Newport, Rhode Island, 10 out of 10. It was so good. Yeah. It was my favorite place, hands down. Had a bunch of lobster rolls. I, I'm i sorry to, like, our New England listener. They're mid. It's... They're good. <laughs> lobster, if you ask me right now to explain to you what lobster tastes like, I can't... I can't tell you. Because it really doesn't taste like much. Like, the roll is really good. The butter, the everything about it tastes good. And then you're like, there's meat on there.
1: I mean, you know, a seafood... T- if you eat fish... You have an idea of kind of what seafood tastes like, or I guess I should say ocean it, fish.
0: Right. It's just, it's such a, a subtle taste to me. Like I had lobster tacos that were so, they had like pickled vegetables and stuff. It was so mm-hmm. good. I'm
1: Have I eaten dinner? Not really. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I have. <laughs> uh, when I went to Tybee Island in Georgia, I had uh, fish tacos there and I, I... <laughs> so stupid. They were like the best fish tacos I ever had. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, if you've ever seen Hotel Transylvania. I've um, only seen it once. Okay, the guy, the human in it, I can, Johnny, um, he's kind of like a hippie. And he's talking about, oh, I just had the best fish tacos. <laughs> and I feel like Johnny when I'm oh. like, oh, those fish tacos. Oh, I do not recall. Anyway,
0: uh, New England, those three states, etc., were pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we also like snuck into Massachusetts a little bit and sneak to peek. <laughs> yeah, sneak to peek. Uh, didn't get to go to Stephen King's house that was close by. Didn't make it. Lots of things to plan for future events. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so between preparing for the wedding, having the wedding, the honeymoon, getting back into the swing of things. We clearly didn't have time to record. Yeah. Uh, so, but thanks for like continuing to listen while we were gone. That was nice. That was cool. We
1: enjoyed that. Well, and I know we ended up taking two weeks off, which is a bummer for you guys. But we had like a a one day turnaround at best to get back into recording and it just was not going to work. So. No, no. Yeah. By the time I got back. Yeah. We
0: should have recorded the next day. Uh, this. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> is So, but we're back and because because i was on my honeymoon i wanted to go to haunted places i really did i didn't i was just enjoying my time there so i didn't get to there were places that i'm sure they're like it's allegedly haunted but i was mostly just like enjoying the time there yeah so nothing from the trip there um oh except i don't know if you go to Newport Rhode Island check out like the mansions that are out there the breakers the elms the rosecliff they're so cool gosh Mm. i have i'll eventually post pictures to my social media one of these days but we'll see
1: you know i'm reading shutter island right now which i don't know if you knew was a book no because you know the movie yeah so it was a book first i presume yes it was a book I
0: i don't know if i would ever want to read a book that has been written from a movie like that seems backwards to me i'm like well i saw the movie what's the point
1: I guess. I can see that. But uh, I'm reading Shutter Island and it makes me think of like the cliff side. Just huge. I got some pictures. You like gotta that. take a ferry out to Yeah, it They have and-
0: something called the cliff walk along these mansions. And I have some pictures of just like the waves crashing
1: up against the mm-hmm. rocks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I picture. I haven't seen the movie in a long time. So we just I watched do- it not too long ago. I'm gonna read the book and then watch the movie again and then like see if it if I remember it the same way because I do I hate that I'm reading it and I'm like in my head this is Leonardo DiCaprio that's who I'm picturing while I'm reading
0: yeah I well we've already talked about the having pictures in your head thing like yeah I picture stuff
1: too
0: anyway oh my god Oh. This isn't a tangent episode,
1: guys. <laughs> it's not. Well, because I
0: was even going to say I'm reading a book, but I c- we can't keep going. It's How to Sell a Haunted House. So far, it's good. Grady Hendrix again. Apparently, mm-hmm. that's the only person I like to read right now. So
1: if it's not obvious, Kelsey and I also haven't really talked much. So this is like, we're just <laughs> catching up.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's true. We really haven't talked. I think this is the first time we've sat down and talked uh, since and I've been back. Since you're, before your wedding, because... I, oh, you didn't talk to me at the one No. I mean, not, <laughs> not like that, you know. So now that we got
1: all that out of the way, I was, in, in
0: my mind, I was like, we're just going to jump right. We're going to get to it. Like, <laughs> we're going to be good. I don't care. Whatever. Put
1: a timestamp or something. Skip to this marker if you don't want to hear the intro. What marker?
0: <laughs> oh, God. I won't even say the marker. Uh-oh. Jump like eight, <laughs> nine minutes ahead. Anyway. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so since I didn't go anywhere, since we didn't get to travel anywhere, and since the state's are done now at least going in order through the the u.s states uh we decided to start and wrap up october uh, October with uh hello halloween halloween traditions traditions. thank you i'm just
1: (laughs) miles away Uh uh-huh Anyway. Other spooky traditions besides haunted houses and ghost hunting, since we've talked about both. Which, by the way... Did you see the... I watched the Hulu I, The documentary thing? Yeah. It's like the Monster Insider or yeah, something. Yeah, it's like exposing McKamey Manor. And Russ McKamey. Oh, yeah. Um, you watched... So you did watch it? I did.
0: Okay. It was this was... I don't know if you guys recall. We just covered... McCamey, oh, that was, was I think the first, episode. yeah, the last episode that we did. So in the first week of October, we covered McCamey Manor, which very quick, like recap: you pay a lot of money to have people like physically hurt you, torture you. It's an immersive mental haunted house.
1: Yeah, I don't like haunted house. the The phrase haunted house for this, it's
0: not a haunted house. It's it's um, voyeurism and exhibition exhibitionism for. Mm -hmm. weird sadistic masochistic people
1: Mm -hmm. it's not the only one by the way there are other immersive uh haunted houses but not to that extent yeah this one is crazy there's one and they actually mention it in the um in the documentary it's called miasma m-i-a-s-m-a okay and i mean it's pretty bad too i mean they can They can touch you and hurt you to some degree. There's nudity, there's foul stuff, things like that. But in the end, just watch the documentary because there's different types of tours you can take there. Um, It's really weird. I went to their website and read it and I'm like, I still don't think I would do this one, even though I know I'm in good hands there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, sorry. No. (laughs) Uh,
1: But we're going to cover
0: Halloween traditions. Um mm-hmm. so I think we're just covering four. Two of them are uh, like shallow dives and then mm-hmm. two are a little more immersive for each of us. Uh so I'm going to start with uh something very tame, which is Bobbing for Apples.
1: Yay.
0: I'm going to it mentions it towards the end, but I'm just going to say now it's gross. I'll, I'm sorry. i always thought it was gross. I've never done bobbing for Do you apples. know how much spit has to be in that water from all these <laughs> days? It, in this economy, in these trying times, I'm not sticking my mouth in water that Mm-mm. other people have stuck their mouth in.
1: Pre-pandemic, I was like iffy about yes, it. Yes, <laughs> because
0: what if they've been like tongue in that apple for like three minutes and they finally gave up and they're like, I'm gonna go for the small one. Everyone's like, <sighs> I'm, like trying to get this apple and then somebody with a big mouth
1: finally gets it and then they all also get sick because you're all gross. Oh, God. I mean, the person running the bobbing for apples should like, look at that apple and if it can't sit in the palm of your hand, don't buy it. Don't buy those big old honkers. <laughs> I want to watch them struggle. <laughs> I want to watch them drown. <laughs> I would have cut them into slices and bobbed for apple slices. <laughs> <laughs> Turns and, out it's just the punch. <laughs> like, just a, oh, Megan. Please get your head out
0: of that bowl. <laughs> So <laughs> anyway, this article is coming from RD.com or Reader's Digest. Oh. And it's the tar- the title of the article is Why Do We
1: Bob for Apples? It's pretty straightforward, pretty on the nose. How many times did you read Boobing for Apples? <laughs>
0: I didn't. I didn't say it until before we started recording. I said, Am I starting with Boobing for Apples? That's <laughs> okay. the first surprisingly the first time I mentioned. Boobs. Nice. And hopefully the last for this episode for everybody else's sake. <laughs> Uh, this this article was updated on Halloween of last year. So okay. we're coming up to it. Uh, it says you've probably heard of Bobbing for Apples, the classic Halloween game where people try to take a bite out of an apple floating in water. It just sounds gross. <laughs> the, the image of multiple apples floating in a container full of water might bring up memories from your childhood. But did you know that just like the traditions of carving jack-o'-lanterns and wearing Halloween colors, this tradition has deep roots in history. It even includes an element Of romance. Uh Oh. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Uh, So, Bobbing for Apples is a game that can be played year-round, but it's primarily played around autumn and Halloween. Here's how to play. Fill a large bucket or basin with water. Put apples in the water, and since apples are less dense than water, they will float to the top. Science.
1: Would you do, like, cold water? (laughs) Or would would also freak everyone out and do, like, tub water? (laughs) unsettling game it's probably. actually it's
0: actually just like hot water like hot boiled water
1: <laughs> how many ways Catch can fast. i change this i'm going to do tub water with apple slices <laughs> i want to see how much i can just like ruin this game even more it's
0: gross uh the the soap suds at the top it could be soap suds could be spit who knows <laughs> Have players try to get as many apples as possible using only their teeth, no hands. I've never Ooh. been like, okay, you got one, go for another
1: sport. Like, no. Yeah, I didn't realize it's like, okay, the countdown starts now.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not. No. Bobby for Apple started in Europe hundreds of years ago as a common way for young lovers to court one another, if you could possibly imagine. Yep. Uh, while there were many versions of the game, each apple represented a special someone
1: well it, they did carve their initials oh, go i ahead think tell, okay well i don't know
0: it doesn't say that but i think they had to designate it somehow and they can't just like what if you mix up the apples i don't know or if why. the bobber typically female successfully bit into the apple with the name of a love interest in on the first try then fortune favored the lucky couple and fate gave them the go-ahead
1: T- to bang I get whatever, no, I whatever love, love is in the eye
0: of the beholder. I don't know. Okay. Uh, if it took the bobber two attempts, then they could still try it out, but their love wouldn't last a long time. Rip. Sadly, if the bobber needed three attempts to bite into the apple, then the stars weren't aligned for this couple, and it would probably be best to not pursue it at all. Yikes.
1: Yeah. When the, you know what? We should have done that at your wedding. Had you two bob for the apple, and then if you didn't get it, be like, well, you can't say the I do's. <laughs>
0: that would have been our uh what's the word um the like unity the our unity the, thing oh, yeah uh let's see you made me move my spot okay Sorry. of course as history progresses so too do the traditions another variation of bobbing for apples is the first person to bite an apple would be the next person in the group to have a marriage i don't know why i mean i guess because
1: it evolved in like one step from another is it have like I keep cutting you off. I know I should probably just let you. Are like, you going to go with like biblical context? Um, yeah.
0: It doesn't mention it, but I was just thinking it as you were saying it. Mm-hmm. Like Adam and Eve.
1: There it was. There's the one. You know, you could Time's just like never change. not say that you did it and we could just live our lives knowing that you don't just belch through. <laughs>
0: that one might have been audible. I ate some <laughs> uh, kettle corn before this. So oh, good. it was wonderful. Uh, if a girl bit into an apple and placed the fruit beneath her pillow, another superstition claims she would see her true love in a dream. <laughs> What's unfortunate is I'm not
1: a big fan of apples.
0: Uh, uh, to, oh. I don't hate them. It's just like, I'm never like, man, I could really go for an apple.
1: I had an apple today.
0: No. That's, we were at Fresh that Time. That was a big one. We were at Fresh Time the other day and Maddie's like, hold on, I want to get an apple. I said, just like, a uh,
1: apple. <laughs> this apple was so big. I'm telling you. <laughs> that i've never been eating an apple I'm like i just wish this would end <laughs> <laughs> and it happened today i was just like dude my gums are getting funny <laughs> i was like i have to stop eating this apple and i just threw the rest away because it was because so the skin much of apple. it was just
0: keeping your lips stuck up like
1: <laughs> is it was tart was a tart apple
0: oh my gosh anyway uh, to understand modern halloween traditions what in the world get out of here uh, like bobbing for apples, you have to understand Halloween history. The Celtic holiday, uh, Samhain, yep. that looks like I,
1: Samhain. Or Sa- Samhain. Yeah. Samhain,
0: yeah, is Samhain. I knew that. I, I had to, because, thank God they put it in there, because I'd be like, Samhain. Uh, I would have corrected It says you. pronounced Samhain, mm-hmm. uh, is normally celebrated from October 31st to November 1st to signify the end of summer and welcome in the new fall harvest and the dark half of the year. The Romans and then the Christian church took Samhain and adapted it, eventually trying to imagine Samhain as a Christian holiday. Mm -hmm. Goodness Mm -hmm. does it never end. Go on. In short, Pope Gregory in the 9th century declared November 1st as All Saints Day and November 2nd as All Souls Day. Traditional pagan practices can still be seen on modern day Halloween or All Hallows Eve on October 31st. European and Irish immigrants brought their traditions to the Americas, and that includes both pagan traditions and other traditions, like bobbing for apples. Likewise, bobbing for apples became more well-known as some Americans researched the roots and wanted to use their Celtic tradition for Halloween. Okay. So, bobbing for apples is about love, which is really gross, honestly. (laughs) It's It's just really like, how big is your mouth? (laughs) I can't... No. No. Good God! I've never. I just also. <laughs> what? I was gonna say I've never really liked bobbing for apples. I've never been interested in it. But also, I didn't want to look like the desperate big kid. Like, <laughs> sorry, that's so. Loud. I'm like sorry. I'm just <laughs> in the bucket, <laughs> in the bucket, going for that apple. <laughs> oh my God! Um, I don't know if that makes sense to anybody, but. If you're a big kid, it probably makes sense. Yeah, you're like, everyone's like, of course she wants the
1: apple. Get out of the juice. We
0: told you. Get out of the punch bowl.
1: How many Uh, times do I have to tell you? This is not the first time we've told her. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) that's how me hurt. (laughs) Staying. Oh, it's so good. Okay. Did you know, fun fact about apples, that if you eat it from the bottom up, there is no core i refuse to believe that no you know what the first time i did it was i was working at starbucks and one of my coworkers saw me and she was like witchcraft like <laughs> she was terrified when Wait, she was so you it. can
0: eat everything yeah
1: no I mean, you can spit the seeds out like a watermelon if you wanted that nasty little- hard center it's only that big it's huge. It is it No, is It's not. I'm buying you an apple and I'm going to show you. <laughs> I don't eat apples. I'm going to sit and menacingly eat an apple in front of you from the bottom <laughs> up. And I'll just watch your lips get stuck in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got to move on. My gosh. Jesus, age. Okay. That was the short one for Pete's sake. Okay, well, I'm going to bring it down a notch. Oh, okay. Because the next thing I want to talk about, we did want to start with something light and fun and then kind of get a little spooky because that's what we do best yeah and then we'll bring it back don't worry we'll end on a good note so well on a uh, a happy note if you okay will. good mine my next one isn't bad but we'll see we'll see well mine kind of is <laughs> so i wanted to talk about the game bloody mary mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's once now i can't say it too many more times i
0: know i actually <laughs> had that thought um because one of my articles, my other article talks about it. And it says it twice. And I'm like, I know you didn't put it a third time for reasons.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so the website that I'm getting this from is allthatsinteresting.com. Better be. Because I was looking at a couple of different websites. This one kind of ties... It even actually pulls from like the Smithsonian Magazine, which I was looking at, and some other stuff. So I'm going to skim this because it is a little bit long. It was written July of last year and then updated in October of last year, 22. But let's get on, shall we? Yes. And you probably, I, I assume people listening probably have some preconceived notions of who Bloody Mary is. Mm-hmm. I just never really f- figured,
0: I never thought about who she was, I guess.
1: Really? Okay. Yeah,
0: I don't, I, that's like one of the few things I haven't put a lot of thought into. I overthink everything, and I'm just like, I'm not going to ask for her regardless. Except for the woman
1: who would, in the mirror, who can kill me. (laughs) Yeah, I don't care where she came from. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I did, I had an idea of who Bloody Mary was, and I was surprised to find that I may not be correct.
0: Oh, okay. Biblical again? No. It couldn't be, my gosh, that would be crazy. Okay, just,
1: just read. All right, so it says a murderous spirit said to appear in the mirror when her name is chanted, Bloody Mary, may be inspired by the infamous Tudor queen, Mary I of England. Okay. As the legend goes, Bloody Mary is easy to summon. All you have to do is stand in front of a dimly lit bathroom, stare into the mirror, and chant her name 13 times. My God. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I'm safe. Yeah, I mean, I think I've said it three times now, so ten more to go. Then, if all goes according to plan, a ghostly woman should appear in the mirror. Bloody Mary is sometimes alone and other times holding a dead baby. What? Okay. That feels biblical. Go on. Often, legend states she'll do nothing but stare. I don't. That's worse. That's worse. <laughs> but occasionally, is it because occasionally she'll leap from the glass and scratch or even kill her summoner? Okay, that's excessive. What? Mm-hmm. Imagine she goes
0: and just Ooh. jumps
1: out of the mirror to go. And I think scratch of like, you, a camel, cr- uh, camel cricket. Ooh,
0: yeah. Jumps like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I. That was my motion of how she jumped out of the mirror.
1: But is the legend of Bloody Mary based on a real person? And if so. I I clearly have no good guesses. Okay, well, while the Bloody Mary story may be fabricated, there are possible figures from history who might be the real Bloody Mary. They include Queen Mary I of England, who has been called Bloody Mary for centuries. Is it because she killed a lot of people, had them hanged and stuff? You really don't know.
0: I don't. Why are you?
1: Oh, hello. Well, this is (laughs) exciting for me because (laughs) for once, I don't know something you're talking about. Yeah, I'm going to tell you something new. I mean, so you're Uh, just, I know you dropped a fidget. fidget. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it could also be a murderous Hungarian noble woman and an evil witch who killed children. Oh, so like Hansel and Gretel witch. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So some believe that Bloody, the Bloody Mary legend is directly tied to the queen who bore the same nickname. Queen Mary I of England became known as Bloody Mary because she burned about 280 Protestants alive during her reign. Why? Because mm-hmm. she was
0: Catholic.
1: How was like, does it, I'll tell you a little bit about it. it.
0: I do, what is a... Okay. For somebody who like has been in the church stuff, and what? what is a Protestant? Just someone who doesn't believe... In, I don't know. I thought
1: it was a believer.
0: Oh, god. Just like a,
1: one of the sects of Christianity. I guess. Just go on. Okay. Well, she was born February 18th, 1516. February 18th is also John's birthday. Yeah. <clears throat> a member or follower
0: of any of the Western Christian churches that are separate from the Roman Catholic Church. Okay. And follow the principles of the Reformation, including the Baptist, Baptist, Presbyterian, and Lutheran churches. So, technically, we would have been... Protestant. Protestant, yeah, so basically just not Catholic.
1: Mm-hmm. I was right. All right, so she was born February 18, 1516, in the Greenwich Palace in London, England, to Henry the eighth and Catherine of Aragon. Mary seemed an unlikely candidate to be queen, let alone a bloody one. Her father deeply desired a male heir and spent Mary's childhood doing whatever it took to get one. Oh, yeah, he bad guy. That's okay indeed mary's early years were largely defined by henry's determination to have a son when she was a teenager the s- king scandalized europe by declaring his marriage to mary's mother illegal and incestuous because she had been briefly married to his brother and his intention to marry Anne bolin so yeah he any so reason, he was mad because she couldn't have a son so the, he's like
0: a witch. He no. <laughs> found
1: he found a loophole. It's like it's technically incestuous because she was also with my brother.
0: That's so. God, it reminds me of. I was just listening to a podcast today, talking about uh, gender reveals and like how mad dads get when it's pink and i'm just like you can go get fully wrecked like it's either
1: how mad they get when the color is pink or or how how much they freak out when it's it's blue blue. Mm -hmm. like it's kind of
0: gross you're celebrating
1: it's disgusting you're
0: celebrating an unborn child's genitals that's what gender reveal parties are I'm sorry. John and
1: I did not have a gender
0: reveal. I I don't, if we have a child, I don't plan on doing that. It's, it's gross. It's kind of weird. Especially when you kill people. They talked about the people who like started wildfires that burned tens of thousands of acres or, you know, uh, the airplane, like pilot who died Mm -hmm. trying to do a gender reveal.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, it's fun. Listen, if any of our listeners do gender reveals or have done gender reveals, as long as you have a supportive partner and it was nice and, you know, kept to have just your friends party, and loved ones fine. at your house
0: with a cake. Fine. fine. Don't fine. put people's lives in danger to celebrate well, genitalia.
1: Like our brother and his wife had a gender reveal for uh, both their kids. We yeah. did cupcakes for the first one and then they kicked a soccer ball that exploded and yeah which was, it was just our you family were, we
0: weren't gonna start a fire no or like kill common. a pilot <laughs> like
1: cake is always good that's a safe bet but i chose not to do a gender reveal and that was my choice so whatever <laughs> yeah anyway he ended up divorcing Catherine, and he married anne and tore england away from the catholic church establishing the church of england instead according to the smithsonian magazine mary was declared illegitimate and made a lady instead of a princess and separated from her mother that's smart. Mm-hmm. Where did she go? She stubbornly refused to acknowledge that her parents' marriage had been made illegal or that her father was the head of the Church of England. Over the years, Mary watched as her father married again and again and, <laughs> and again. again after executing Anne Bolin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, he, he said, bye-bye, Anne. You're not giving me a son. <laughs> no, I know. He married Jane Seymour, who died in childbirth. Henry's fourth marriage to Anne of Cleves was short-lived and ended in divorce, and he executed his fifth wife, Catherine Howard, on trumped-up charges. Only Henry's sixth wife, Catherine Parr, outlived him. Go, Catherine. (laughs) Yeah. But Henry had gotten what he wanted. Jane Seymour had a son. Is that the one that died
0: in childbirth? It Mm. was, yes. Oh, my God. I don't know why that just feels like insult to injury.
1: Well, that son was Edward VI, and he died six years into his reign. Oh, well, yikes. He tried to ensure that power passed to his Protestant cousin, Lady Jane Grey. But Mary seized her opportunity and led an army into London in 1553. A groundswell of support put her on the throne and Lady Jane Grey on the executioner's block. Bye-bye, Jane. It just seems excessive. As queen, however, Mary I developed her Bloody Mary reputation. As queen, one of Mary's most urgent priorities was returning England to the Catholic Church. She married Philip II of Spain, quashed the Protestant Rebellion, and reversed many of her father's and half her father and half brother's anti-Catholic policies. So blah blah blah. She does all this, according to the Smithsonian. Mary hoped the executions would be a short, sharp shock. Oh, mm-hmm. And they and that they would encourage Protestants to return to the Catholic Church. So stop your Western ways. That's so, okay. She thought just a couple of executions would do the trick. Telling her advisors that the execution executions should be so used that people might well perceive them not to be condemned without just occasion whereby they shall both understand the truth and beware to do the like um like i killed a, a dozen of you so that hopefully ought to do it the hundreds of you left are like whoa yeah the par- protestants were undeterred <laughs> I mean... And for three years, from 1555 until Mary's death in 1558, almost 300 of them were burned alive at her command. That's good. Mm-hmm. Why are people the way that they are? And then it goes on to discuss uh, more about Mary's life, but I want to skip forward because... So Mary was... Just to give you a background on her, her life and why she was the way she was. Mm-hmm. But is she the Mary? Is she the Bloody Mary that we know of? She's not the Mary that I thought Okay, that is Bloody Mary. So besides Queen Mary I of England, there are two other main women who some say inspired the Bloody Mary story. The first is Mary Worth, a mysterious witch. And the second is Elizabeth Bathory, a Hungarian noblewoman who allegedly killed hundreds of girls and young women. Do You still don't know Elizabeth Bathory.
0: N- the name doesn't ring a bell. This is so crazy to me. <laughs> okay,
1: <laughs> so details about Mary Worth, the the witch, are hazy, including whether or not she even existed at all. I had a feeling. Haunted rooms describes her as a witch who allegedly put children under her spell, kidnapped them, murdered them, and then used their blood to stay youthful. And when so pe- Hocus Pocus. I mean, I, a dark Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Yes, because <laughs> they just like sucked their souls out. They didn't yeah. take their blood. <laughs> And when people in her town found, they reportedly tied her to a stake and burned her alive. Then Mary Worth screamed that if they dared say her name in the mirror, she would haunt them. Not to sound stupid. When did mirrors,
0: when were mirrors (laughs) invented? Like, she said that and they were probably like, the what? (laughs) The what? I know. (laughs) I love that meme. The what? Oh my gosh. What did I see? I saw something. It was like a comic with two dinosaurs and it's like during... Oh, it was The Land Before Time, uh, and it was two dinosaurs talking to each other, and the dinosaur said something like, uh, I, Jesus, I can't remember, I'm going to make it up. They were just like, man, I can't believe what a hard time it's been. And they're like, a hard what? Because it's The Land Before Time. Oh. <laughs> that was I know, I stared for a long time, and I was like, I don't... <sighs> i was like mad
1: that i finally got it and i said before time i saw one today where it says the time traveler shows up and goes what year is it and you say 2020 he goes oh the pandemic just started the what (laughs) yeah (laughs) or the uh, the pandemic's about to start the The what what? (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay anyway maria Bathory it for some reason doesn't get into this why say elizabeth elizabeth Bathory. whatever Bloody Mary, whatever. So the story behind... Because Mary Worth was also accused of taking people's slaves and killing them and torturing them and using them in rituals and things like that, whatever. But Elizabeth Bathory was... She would take young women and young girls under the pretense that they would be like her protege or whatever. And she would kill them and drain them of their blood and keep it in like this big bath. And she would bathe in their blood. And it was to keep her youthful. Wait, that is that in... It's also an American horror
0: Okay, see, I didn't Mm -hmm. didn't finish that season, which is odd because I feel like a lot of people that I know that's their favorite season, Mm -hmm. Coven, right?
1: Yeah, yeah No, got, that like- was a real woman, Elizabeth Bathory. Hmm. That she f- like filled an actual tub, a basin of blood, and would bathe in it regularly. And it like she preferred warm, fresh blood because it would make her skin youthful and keep her youthful looking. And that's interesting. Like she's probably the most um, has the highest body count of any serial killer ever because her numbers were. I mean, they can't be counted at this point. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yuck. So those are the possible options for Bloody Mary. I went with number three. I always thought it was her, but
0: <laughs> I've—I mean, obviously heard of Mary, like King Henry Mary VIII. the First, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, not the other two.
1: Wow! Wow! Interesting. That's all. Okay. I do want to bring it down a notch. I know that was probably the <laughs> darkest of the four. That we yeah. <laughs> no,
0: I let, let me do that. So now we're going to discuss something that surprised. I didn't expect to go this deep and be this interesting. At least I think it's interesting. Um, but it's the, this is coming from lithub.com and it is the secret history of light as a feather, stiff as a board.
1: We did try this bad boy. Yeah, we sure
0: <laughs> did. We sure did. Um so I don't know why I say I, I I forget we have company sometimes. <laughs> I just, meaning anybody listening right yes, now. Yeah. Um I don't know. I guess I'm just gonna jump into it. It's okay. Uh this is written I'm just gonna read this straight up because it's a blog post, but she wrote it in a way that I'm like, I feel all of this, so I don't I cut barely any of it. And it was written by whom i don't know em- emily temple okay. emily temple cool and it was from why did i not write any of these dates down like october <laughs> of 2016 or something like that i think no 2020 it was 2020 i remember Okay. she says all the best slumber parties come complete with a confession or two here's mm-hmm. one of mine i have never actually played light as a feather stiff as a board that's the only place where we're different loser what? um this, despite being the type of eighth grader who shoplifted spell books from my local Barnes and Noble and then proceeded to cast spells once or twice successfully, I swear, uh, <laughs> in my parents' attic with the two with my two best friends, it's giving charm. I'll say really. that's charmed. Yeah,
1: I've re- I've uh, seen it.
0: <laughs> but levitation, never. I am watching Charmed. We're in like the middle three, of season two. three still in season i might be in season two i don't maybe four. i don't know whatever even so i know exactly how to play light as a feather stiff as a board if you're reading this you probably do too we know how i don't know if you guys know but we'll get into it uh call it cultural osmosis or just gossip the ritual is a ubiquitous classic of american slumber parties particularly though not exclusively for girls and forever immortalized in the craft in the 90s (laughs) we love the craft um and often referenced as a stand-in for the half-spooky, half-silly machinations of adolescence. I've heard there's even a show on Hulu called Light is a Feather and produced by Kelsey Grammer. I've heard of it. That yeah. sounds familiar. Uh, but it's not supposed to be very good. She says. Oh, <laughs> it's from the 90s as well. Alas, if you need a refresher, you don't. The object the object of the exercise is to ritually levitate one of your friends, just normal girl stuff. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> just girl things. Yeah, just girl things. Hashtag. <laughs> uh, the
0: partic- the particulars of the game vary slightly depending on the house and the participants, but usually it goes like this. One, choose someone to die.
1: <clears throat>
0: Two, the chosen one lies on the floor, her arms crossed over her chest, her friends surround her, object of the exercise is to ritually levitate one of your friends. What? Why? What? What? Ah, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, I... Now, how did this double... How did I double tap all this? Sorry. Two is someone lies on the floor and crosses her arms over her chest. I somehow like copy and pasted the same thing a million times. Oh, <laughs> yes. This is uh, her friends surround her. Three. Everyone puts two fingers under the chosen one. They mm-hmm. all try to lift. There is much giggling. They fail. She is too heavy. Four. The leader calls for silence. Maybe lights some candles. <laughs> she, she begins some kind <laughs> of, <laughs> of ritual chant. Often call in response. The chants vary. One style goes like this: I've never done this, so one of the chants goes like this. Then it's call and response. You don't have to do it right now. We get it. Okay. Um, she's looking pale. She's looking worse. She's dying. She's dead. Light as a feather, <laughs> stiff as a board.
1: Jeez. <laughs> oh,
0: um, light as a feather, stiff as a board is then repeated over and over in unison as all the girls attempt the levitation again this time like magic the dead girl rises off the floor hmm now did it ever work for us I don't remember I really don't remember do you think that it did I feel like I
1: feel like it, may it was have something a that was weird bit.
0: about it yeah um well I shouldn't have to I they say I shouldn't have to explain to you why Um... Oh, they're talking about something else, but there is actually you can do th- you can it. do this, yeah. Okay. So it's possible that you can levitate people with just two fingers with as little as like four people.
1: Okay. Maybe
0: less, depending on the people.
1: Okay, we'll see. So- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That they said, I shouldn't have to explain to you why. For a certain kind of slumber or this is much preferable to calling boys and hanging up, though one obviously doesn't preclude the other. In my experience, girls can easily feel creepy and sexy at the same time.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but where did this odd ritual actually come from? Folk historians aren't certain of the origins, but they do know that it's been around for hundreds of years. Uh, the earliest known recorded reference to it can be found in the diary of Samuel Pepys, which it looks like either peppies Pepis, <laughs> peeps. I don't know. Oh my god! It's p e p y s. Oh, peeps. Oh. Um, no. It, but it's pronounced peeps. So whatever. Uh, with which you are no doubt familiar if you have ever taken a class on the restoration. I have not. No, no, I've not. In his entry for July 31st, 1665, Peeps recounts a story told to him by one Mr. Brisbane, a good scholar and sober man, he wrote, as the two were speaking of enchantments and spells. Casual. Brisbane's contribution to their collection was this incantation, which they which he encountered in Burba... Burba Get it together, sis. <laughs> and once again, I have copy and pasted the directions... <laughs>
1: my God, Kelsey.
0: (laughs) Anyway, it goes like this that he encountered in Bordeaux. Blah, 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 me, me, blah, 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 nom de Jesus Christ. It's all in Latin.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's how
0: it goes. No, it's translated. That is, here lies a dead body, stiff as a stick, cold as marble, light as a spirit, rise in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh. Yeah. I would have had you attempt to read it, but I don't feel like watching you struggle.
1: So, wow. Stop. Maybe it, I have perfect <clears throat> Is it Latin? Yes, it's Latin. It's uh, un corpus mort radi I'm just gonna take okay, so maybe you <laughs> I could can't do it. read from back. It's here. okay.
0: <laughs> marber Leager comb in Espir Esprit. I think I wore that cologne at some point. Anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway. We're going to like, uh, have, you've never seen, I don't even know why I do this. I start to say a movie reference and you've probably never seen it. I've seen a lot of movies. I don't know. I don't watch the ones you watch, apparently. Okay, like Evil Dead. All right, okay, there we go. See, yeah. start reading incantations and not know it. And then you're just going to bring the dead out back and then we're in trouble. Well, anyway, that is what uh, Mr. Brisbane said.
0: Uh, Peeps writes, Brisbane saw four little girls, very young ones, all kneeling, each of them upon one knee. And one began the first line whispering in the ear of the next, then the second to the third, the third to the fourth, and then she to the first. Then the first began the second line. And so round quite through, uh, and so round quite through and putting each one finger only like a single finger for each of these girls to a boy that lay flat upon his back on the ground as if he was dead. At the end of the words, they did with their four fingers raise this boy as high as they could reach.
1: Oh, love scaring boys. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Hold them
0: by your (laughs) fingertips. Uh, Brisbane reports that he figured it must be a trick and challenged the girls in their magic, bidding the boy move aside for, quote, the cook of the house, a very lusty (laughs) fellow. Oh, that's Uh, how I introduce myself. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But much to his surprise, the little girls raised him up in just the same manner.
1: All right. Mm-hmm.
0: This is one of the strangest things I've ever heard, Peeps writes. But he tells, it, he tells it me of his own knowledge, and I do heartily believe it to be true. I inquired of him whether they were Protestant or Catholic girls. Because <laughs> that'll, that'll really tell you. Uh, and he told me they were Protestant, which made it the more strange to me. Yeah,
1: they're speaking in Latin, that's a Catholic thing.
0: Well, Catholics, of course, being somewhat more invested in miracles. So okay. this takes a, an interesting, like, biblical turn. All right. Um, which is not to mention that one of the most famous levitators of legend was himself a Catholic saint, St. Joseph of Cupertino. Though peeps probably didn't know about him, St. Joe died in 1663 and wasn't canonized until nearly 100 years later when everyone in the story was already dead.
1: I thought when you said the most famous levitator, Chris Angel. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mind Freak. Oh, my God. I forgot about him. <laughs> um, of course, light as a
0: feather, stiff as a board, isn't true levitation. It's simple physics. The lift doesn't work on the first try because everyone is giggling and uncoordinated. It only works when each member of the group is lifting at the exact same time, distributing the weight equally okay a human body might seem like a heavy thing to lift with two fingers a piece even if you have four people lifting but think about it your fingers are pretty strong the world record for the heaviest deadlift with a pinky finger is 242 pounds
1: deadlifted
0: Uh, pinky pull-ups are also a thing
1: oh no no
0: that being said all the coordination in the world isn't going to get your friend to stay up in the air of her own accord like rochelle does in the craft Okay, uh, you're-
1: I really thought you're throwing
0: out a friend's name there. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, because we do know. That's probably yeah. someone we would have done it with. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. No, but if like I mean, have you you carry groceries in and you
1: carry whole bags per finger? Oh yeah. Do you know how many gallons of milk I can carry in my hands? I only know this from Starbucks. <laughs> three. I have little hands. I can do three at most. Four. Four in each hand.
0: No, my pinky would just snap off.
1: Catch me at the beer stoop. <laughs> <laughs> <No.
0: laughs> Oh, I did go to a German restaurant while I was gone. It was okay. The guy when I was looking at the menu was just like when he's like, Do you guys know what you need yet? Do you need a minute? And I was like, I need a minute, because I had never been there before. I thought that had could go gone without saying. He's uh-huh. like, Yeah, I understand. It's it's hard to hard to understand. It's a lot of German stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. Peasant. Yeah. <laughs> and then he said Spatzel instead of Spatzel. So yeah, that's why I was like, mm-hmm. Okay. Mm, interesting. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, You're going to need a little little extra oomph. Can I interest you in this book on Manon? I don't know what that is, and I meant to look it up earlier, but that's her little, like, side quip of needing the extra oomph. M-A-N-O-N. I don't know. I know. I I really meant to look it up. Then I was dealing with chickens outside. Whatever. Anyway, the footnotes of my edition of Peep's Diary explain that the levitation ritual described by Brisbane was especially popular during times of plague outbreak. (laughs) it gets kind of this is actually still kind of dark which makes a certain kind of sense in 1665 the year of peeps diary what yeah the year of peeps diary entry was also the year of the great plague in london this would be the last major plague outbreak in europe though peeps could not have known it at the time by the time of his writing the plague had already killed millions of people including a million in france where brisband witnessed the girls playing between 1628 and 1631 and if children are suddenly surrounded by death, it's no surprise it would sneak into their games. And I know that sounds weird, but it's mm. kind of true. To us, the game might feel spooky, but for them, it could have been existentially reassuring. Look, our friend is dead, but we can make her rise again. <laughs> it's
1: dark. <laughs> I guess I sure.
0: I don't, however you cope. Everybody's different. However, in her essay "Levitation Revisited," 2008, folk historian Elizabeth Tucker writes that there are actually no clear records of how r- children responded to the plague, and no evidence tells us whether the increasing awareness of death that mes- must have be- had they must have had during this time ever explicitly appeared in their games. That said, she writes we should note Sylvia Ann Grider's point that images of burials of corpses wrapped in winding sheets were familiar to young survivors of the plague and that the contemporary image of a ghost in a white sheet may have originated during the plague years.
1: All right. Mm-hmm.
0: In Once Upon a Virus, Diane E. Goldstein describes a Canadian child in the midst of a game of tag saying, Tag, you've got AIDS. No, I feel like... <laughs>
1: It's uh,
0: this description as we as well as the line Barney died from HIV in children's song parodies of the early 1990s shows how easily children's concerns about epidemics become part of their games and songs.
1: I don't recall that. No, me either. What song would that what kids song would that have been put in? So tag you've got AIDS. Barney died from HIV. I don't. I don't know what song you would have put that into. I don't know.
0: In fact, Tucker argues that while light as a feather, stiff as a board may seem a silly, spooky diversion on its surface, it has a much greater symbolic resonance. The ritualistic storytelling, she is dead, etc., suggests that the goal of the game is not just levitation, but also resurrection. Uh, This would enter it into a larger tradition of children's reenactments of death rituals, of which there are many. Children, of course, being obsessed both by discrete rituals and by copying adults. This is all. This all tracks. Honestly, they're not wrong. No. Here, the participants are taking a dead body and literally raising it from the grave. It's not at all hard to imagine why it might have been popular during plague times. Like, dang it, Tommy. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Jeez. Yeah. uh, Taken symbolically, light as a feather, stiff as a board, occupies a liminal space between life and death but this is only one of the of its many liminalities it's mostly played by girls on the cusp of sexuality in teenagehood often in a space where most of the participants are temporary guests
1: yeah sleepovers that's exactly what, isn't it weird that it's like that's true i yes, i would say that's mostly true it's mostly girls
0: young teenagers starting the transition into from like teenageish adulthood if you will
1: well, and let's be fair, I think it's also mostly girls that get into witchcraft and spells and spooky things. The majority. That's not to say there that other people boys don't. But it is, yeah.
0: I, it is, I think, overwhelmingly. Yeah. And this just kind of falls in that same vein. Mm-hmm. But isn't it weird that it's like stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason and this just kind of goes to show. Uh, It questions the borders, not just between life and death, but also between magic and banality, between the serious and the childish, between the power of the individual and the power of the group. For modern girls, Tucker tells us the symbolic importance of the raising isn't just about resurrection, but also a kind of personal development, as the girls who play are typically in the process of moving up from childhood to adulthood— with this ritual and others like it, she writes, pre-adolescent girls are experimenting with their own power to regulate the intriguing, sometimes threatening awareness of their own development. Like, we're getting very psychological with this.
1: Here's what it makes me think of. Because it's like, it's just a game, right? When we played it, I was not thinking of, there goes my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wasn't yeah. thinking that. It kind of makes me think of the movie Monsters University, if you've ever seen it yet. I haven't. Okay, so there's a part where there's a slug at the beginning, and the school bell rings. He goes, "Oh no, I'm gonna be late to class." <laughs> and then he's just like slug moving, but he, yeah. he's doing this with his arms, right? And someone wrote this really long paragraph on the internet, and they're like, "This really speaks volume about the education oh my system gosh. and no how they, child left behind." And it and like they went on this whole rant about how it's just it's so unfair the way we don't we you know just whatever that it's not fair to all these students and someone like at the bottom comment said it's a slug shut up <laughs> <laughs> that's i know I, it's i get it yes you could use it as a metaphor but it is a kids movie and it's a freaking slug that's the point it's like yeah. the sloths in zoosopia
0: come on it, it, it is giving that vibe yes uh
1: these days of course that power
0: like so many others is flexed in digital spaces in children's folklore a handbook Tucker also points out how YouTube and internet culture have changed the way Light as a Feather, Stiff as a Board, and other exploratory childhood rituals are disseminated. Disseminated. Yeah, I said that right. For once. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Since the 17th century, at least, she writes, The Childhood Underground, a network of children that transmits children's folklore with creative variations, has kept levitation alive. For many years, few adults noticed children lifting each other late at night. (laughs) But now levitation belongs to the constantly changing stream of video culture. While Tucker agree- argues that the prevalence of the ritual online is a marker of its continued relevance, for me, there's something a little sad in its transition to the digital world, and I actually fully agree with this. Mm-hmm. That there's a hollowness to it. When I was young, there was no way to verify these kinds of legends. The one that really freaked me out was Bloody Mary. Yeah. Uh, you had to actually try them. And sure, maybe you didn't really believe that if you said Bloody Mary three times in the mirror, she would appear, but there was room for doubt for experimentation, There was room for magic. There was much less room for all of that. If you can see the other thousands of kids that have done the same thing on YouTube. Right. Uh, When my friend and I did our spells with our shoplifted books, it wasn't because we were in the middle of a plague. I wonder what kinds of children's games will come out of the coronavirus pandemic, they said. Probably they'll have more to do with being trapped at home for months on end. But it was because we found ourselves inside of our own miniature apocalypse, a time when we were overwhelmed by both a growing knowledge of the world and a realization of our own powerlessness inside of it. Yes, I'm talking about eighth grade, obviously. (laughs) We did a spell to make our math teacher disappear. She did take a sick day about three weeks later. So they counted that. Okay. Um, And they also did a spell to try to make it rain and it worked. It could have just been a coincidence, but... Anyway, they wanted to see if they could change the world, but mostly what they did was sit in the dusty attic and reaffirm our real power, our connection to one another. Those those two girls I did spells with, I still count them among my best friends today. It could be another coincidence, but I doubt it. Um, And then also possibly in the 2020s, last week, the trailer, last week as in 2020, mm-hmm. uh, the trailer for The Craft Legacy, which appears to be both a remake and yeah. a sequel hit the internet. Did you ever see that? No, I haven't I didn't watched either. it. They said, will I watch it? Yes. Do I have high hopes? Well, I'll, I'll hope to be surprised, is what they put. Okay. Uh, but that is a deep deep psychological dive into light is a feather, stiff as a board, where it's one of those things where you sit back and you're like, yes, mm-hmm. but also stop.
1: I could have gotten to the psychological background of Bloody Mary, because, I mean, if you think about it, if you go in a dark room and you stare at a mirror and... Just stare at it for a while. Your vision starts to distort, and your face almost like starts to morph or melt. Yeah, or, they,
0: what if you look in the mirror, if you look at yourself in the mirror for like ten
1: minutes, you're support, it's
0: supposed to start like hallucinating or something like that.
1: Yeah, and I read I read stuff on it, and there's words for that when you your face starts melting and stuff. And, Is that
0: kind of the same concept though? When we sit in the dark, when we're going ghost hunting, um, and you sit in the dark, in the dark. Even your, your brain starts to create images. I w- yes. I'm
1: i sure there's something there. Gosh, that could be a whole dive for us. But yeah, look up Bloody Mary. Honestly, the Wikipedia page was pretty uh, in-depth on the actual psychology behind it. So that's a good check for that, which I was not going to read. That was my shoe. It wasn't a toot. No, that's what I, bar- <laughs> I barely heard
0: it. Uh, but no, that's... Kind of sad. Long story short, Light as a Feather, Stiff as a Board came out of the 17th century where children were trying to levitate and raise their friends from the dead that died from the Great Plague. Cool. Fun. Now we just do it for funsies. D- wasn't there an eerie vibe when we did it, though? Like, it oh, was, yeah, it was in a mood. house with the lights on. Like, there was no, it, it's not like we did this in the dark. I don't I'd- remember i remember oh okay. like i don't were know why i just remember lifted? being i remember being in the bedroom with um a friend of our parents i don't know like it's not like he listens i doubt it's it's rick do you remember rick and his two kids yeah, his two yeah, daughters i remember and it them. was me you her and her and brianna
1: this is all no it's not there bro <laughs> I, I in this name.
0: whole time i thought you were picturing it yeah no. we did it we we did
1: like I was as a picturing feather, so was our board. bedroom on First Avenue. No, this was at Rick's house. Oh, I got nothing. <laughs> I
0: can't. Listen, I have a horrific memory. I'm scared, actually, of my, the <laughs> capacity of my memories. But that one, I remember clear as day. I can even picture the bedroom. It almost felt like it felt like in a hotel room or I don't know. But it it's was very odd.
1: crisp, clean white, right?
0: Uh, Yeah, but the lights were a very yellowed light. Mm-hmm. and we did it in the light because we were too scared to turn the lights off and it still felt like eerie i think we probably also tried to do bloody mary
1: oh we did a lot of stupid stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah we had spells and potions we were on of course, course we did <laughs> that was
0: behind grandma evelyn's shed though uh-huh yeah in the little like half cove uh, thing yeah. behind the trees yeah i forgot about that. wasn't that fun
1: Anyway, we'll reminisce after this. We got one more thing to cover. Oh, my God. Yes. Let's wrap it up with something kind of lighthearted, for goodness sakes. It is Halloween, though. So, I mean, we're on track. And this is usually how you end the night anyway. It is. It is. Because I'm going to end the episode with the practice Of trick-or-treating.
0: Which, like, I would be lying if I said I I don't wish that I could still go trick-or-treating and it be socially acceptable.
1: Hey, I got a kid now, so... And they love giving her stuff, and I'm like, you and I both know she can't eat that. (laughs) 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 All right. So here we go. I'm getting this information from none other than history.com. All right. How trick-or-treating became a Halloween tradition the pra- oh and this was also written uh, october of 2019 but it was actually updated this month oh so there we go right on the practice can be traced to the ancient Celks, celts celts <laughs> <laughs> early roman catholics and the 17th century british politics all right. Did not see that one coming. No. <laughs> Trick or treating, setting off on Halloween night in costumes and ringing doorbells to demand treats, <laughs> has been a tradition in the United States and other countries for more than a century. I demand. <laughs> its origins remain murky, but trace can, traces can be identified in ancient Celtic festivals, early Roman Catholic holidays, in me- medieval practices, and even British politics. Mm hmm. Halloween has its roots in the ancient pre-Christian Celtic festival of Samhain, which was celebrated on the night of October 31st. The Celts, who lived 2,000 years ago in the area that is now known as now Ireland, the United Kingdom and northern France, believed that the dead returned to earth on Samhain. So
0: I'm listening. I hear you. But hear me out. I just had a moment... It's every blackout kind (laughs) Did you read the same little blurb twice word for word at the beginning of your notes? Because you said something, something, like, and I remember you going and British politics twice, and I suddenly came to, and I said, you read the
1: same exact thing, did you not? It was a quick little sentence that says, it's these things. and so that's like like, the tagline, and then you,
0: okay, I really thought I was having a, gosh, I just got really nervous. Did you see me just like, my eyes kept getting bigger watching you? I'm just stuck in a loop. Yes. British politics. British British politics. politics. That's an awful loop. Oh my gosh. Sorry, I'm... I'm here now. (coughs) I'm listening. Oh,
1: my God. Well, the dead are coming back on October 31st. That's not even what bothered me. It's British politics. Um, It has its roots in British (laughs) politics. Oh, my my gosh. It's sang Spell all over again. Sang Spell? Yeah. Oh, my God. I haven't. That's a book, right? Yeah. I'm going to have to look that up. Please, just drop Megan. Oh, I'll remember. It's (laughs) literally,
0: I still count it as one of my favorite books, so...
1: So odd. Okay. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> where? <laughs> it's not British folk? Stop. Oh, God. Okay. They dead believe, children. They just believe move the de- on. De- not children. Just oh, the pe- dead in okay, general. Okay. Would return to earth on Samhain. You made me spit on my phone. Mm. On the sacred night, people gathered to light bonfires, offer sacrifices, and pay homage to the dead. Did you know that although it's unknown precisely where and when the phrase trick-or-treat was coined... The custom had been firmly established in the American popular culture by 1951. Okay. When trick-or-treating was depicted in the Peanuts comic strip. Interesting. I honestly thought it would have been older than that. I did, too. In 1952, Disney produced a cartoon called Trick-or-Treat featuring Donald Duck and his nephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Mm Mm-hmm. What about Uncle? Back to the bonfires. No, it didn't have Uncle in it. Mm. During some Celtic celebrations of Samhain, villagers disguised themselves in costume made of animal skins to drive away phantom visitors. Banquet tables were prepared and food was left out to placate unwelcome spirits. So it's like, eat and leave us alone. Yeah. (laughs) In later centuries, people began dressing as ghosts, demons, and other malevolent creatures, performing antics in exchange for food and drink. Okay. The custom, known as mumming... Dates back to the Middle Ages and is thought to be an antecedent of trick-or-treating. Mm-hmm. By the ninth century, Christianity had spread into Celtic lands, where it gradually blended with the supp- supplanted older supp- No <laughs> <laughs> with the older pagan rites. In 1000 AD. Just a long freaking time ago. Yeah, the church designated November second as All Souls' Day. You Mm -hmm. did say that, a time for honoring the dead. Celebrations in England resembled Celtic commemorations of Samhain, complete with bonfires and masquerades.
0: It's just a little frustrating that they were like, they they can't have this like Samhain. They can't have this spooky stuff. I don't know. They. They're like, we have to find a way to stomp on it. So they created All Saints Day and All Souls Day. I don't know why. And then
1: also turned around and said, and your day's about the devil. Yeah. Why don't you just sit down? Calm down. Take
0: several seats. Yes. It makes me mad that they're like, we have to find a way to stop this. And they couldn't stop it. So they're like, then we're just going to make it all about us. (laughs) And then you guys still tried to take our stuff. I say ours. I don't really know what I died. Whatever. Leave us alone.
1: Anyway, back to they did bonfires and masquerades, which same freaking I love a good bonfire in the fall and I have been to a Halloween masquerade. I like
0: bonfires, but like I have a very sensitive nose and something about smelling like bonfire smoke when you get in the car and you shut the door. I feel like I'm gagging.
1: Oh, Lordy.
0: Sorry. It's just the the smell of campfire smoke stresses me out. I'm like, well, I can't wear anything that I want to wear again or that I like because it's going to smell horrid
1: until I wash it. That's true. Back to this and can relate, poor people would visit. Oh. The houses. <laughs> poor people would visit the houses of wealthier families and receive pastries called soul cakes. That sounds familiar. In exchange for a promise to pray for the souls of the homeowners dead relatives. What? thought you're gonna say pray for the homos i don't (laughs) know pray the gay away (laughs) um this is known as souling like s-o-u-l-i-n-g okay the practice was later taken up by children Mm. who would go from door to door asking for gifts such as food money and ale again they're mimicking what they see Mm -hmm, that's true and it came from a place of you know of need they did it for a reason, they are like, we hungry, and they go knock on the rich people's door. I'm going to start knocking on doors and say,
0: I need money. Look it up. <laughs> it's in the history books.
1: In Scotland and Ireland, young people took part in a tradition called guising, dressing up in costume and accepting offers from various households. I mean, that's that makes sense. Right. Rather than pledging to pray for the dead, they would sing a song or recite a poem tell a joke, or perform another sort of trick before collecting their treat, which typically consisted of fruit, nuts, or coins. So they had to go and turn some tricks for some trees, wasn't they? <laughs> <laughs> This, um, yes, this is correct. Okay. <laughs> okay, modern-day trick-or-treating also has elements akin to an annual celebration of Guy Fawkes Night, also known as Bonfire Night. hmm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I didn't think Guy Fox was a real person. I I didn't like really get into that. I mean, I know what it is. Don't yeah, I, yeah. I've seen v, v for Vendetta and everything. It's liberating. I wanted to
0: blow up buildings as soon as it was over. Oh. I felt so alive. <laughs> Jesus. I love
1: that movie. On This Night, which commemorates the foiling of gunpowder plot in 1605. I can't hear it now without... Anyway, British children wore masks and carry effigies while begging for pennies. On November 5th, 1606, Fox was executed for his role in the Catholic-led conspiracy to blow up England's Parliament building and remove King James I, a Protestant, from power. Mm -hmm. So, all religious-based. Yes. Yes. On the original Guy Fawkes Day, celebrated immediately after the famous plotter's execution, communal bonfires, or bone fires were lit to burn effigies and the symbolic bones of the Catholic Pope. Okay. By the early 19th century, children bearing effigies of fox, fox were roaming the streets on the evening of November 5th, asking for a penny for the guy, and that is capital G guy. Mm-hmm. Some American colonists celebrated Guy Fawkes Day. And in the mid 19th century, large numbers of new immigrants, especially those fleeing the Irish potato famine in the 1840s, helped popularize Halloween. There you go. Yay. Thank you. In the early 20th century, Irish and Scottish communities revived the old world traditions of soling and guising in the United States. By the 1920s, however, I just <laughs> <laughs> or bra strap myself. Our bra pop, myself. like snapped yourself. <laughs> By the 1920s, however, pranks had become the Halloween activity of choice for rowdy young people. Mm-hmm. The Great Depression exacerbated the problem with Halloween mischief often devolving into vandalism, physical assaults, and sporadic acts of violence. I just want to know. A la why. The Purge. <laughs> yeah, I just want to know why during
0: times of turbulence, of hardship or whatever, mm-hmm. people's some people's responses time to pillage and you yeah. know destroy
1: and steal and st- like why people are crazy. my football team lost
0: <laughs> i'm gonna yes. flip this car <laughs> yes exactly that i'm like you all know how stupid
1: you are right yes yeah you know how dumb this is yes yeah <sighs> anyway <clears throat> Where was that? Great Depression, vandalism, yep, acts of violence. One theory suggests that excessive pranks on Halloween led to the widespread adoption of an organized community-based trick-or-treating tradition in the 1930s. This trend was abruptly curtailed, however, with the outbreak of World War II. So, we tried to do nice things, we didn't get to do nice things. I guess. Um, and when World War II and sugar rationing meant there were few treats to hand out, that's why. So it's like we mm, need, we need that yeah. sugar, y'all. Yeah. At the height of the post-war baby boom, trick-or-treating reclaimed its place among other Halloween customs. It quickly became standard practice for millions of children in America's cities and newly built suburbs. No longer constrained by sugar rationing, candy companies capitalized on the lucrative ritual, launching national advertising campaigns specifically aimed at Halloween. Today, Americans spend an estimated estimated Three point one billion (laughs) on candy and on Halloween, and I am responsible for at least
0: one percent of that candy. (laughs) It's a
1: good percent. Um, How much is one
0: percent of three billion? I. Why did I ask that? (laughs) What the heck?
1: According to the national mathematicians. (laughs) (laughs) This is according to the National Retail Federation, and the day itself has become the nation's second largest commercial holiday, Ugh, next I to guess, I'm sure a Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. I British I politics. I really like. <laughs> I'm gonna like just subliminally put that in this episode, in every episode going forward. British politics. Stop. <laughs> <This is> quiet. <laughs> <I hear> ASMR. At <laughs> you two <laughs> That was so fun. What do you do if you're an ASMR content creator and you have to sneeze? Cuz I watched it happen where this girl was like, "Uh-oh," but her mic was like lapeled it, to her. And yeah, and usually two. you go
0: for the <laughs> you go for the elbow or something. No. So you just your I'm not gonna do it in the microphone. I
1: really thought about it. Yeah, it's funny. Anyway, yay, yay, trick or treating, candy, yay, lots of religion. Even when they didn't mention religion, me and you found a tie, like with bobbing for apples.
0: Yeah, with bobbing for apples with Bloody Mary. Even though I 100 percent made that up, obviously.
1: Uh, and well, yeah. None of that. I don't think no, I there was it relig- because the Protestants and the Catholics. That was religion. true. That's true. If, I thought Mary was the. If that is the Mary. You know. Yes. Yes. It was the Queen Mary, the boat, the ship, if you
0: will. Oh, also haunted. Yeah. Yeah. I I was like, it's that one, right? (laughs) We've not talked about her yet. Let's just take a trip. Take a little trip. I was going to do it. I was going to do it.
1: (laughs) We are very, I don't know, man, sporadic today. It's There's a lot of, this is weeks (laughs) of pent up
0: not being able to discuss things. I know.
1: Oh, God. I just... If we can find a way to squeeze in one more episode before October ends, I don't know. It's probably not going to happen. Your eyes, you literally just went, huh? Because <laughs> <laughs> I have to do these
0: things. I said, because huh. this is like the the last week of October is just a really busy week for me. Like good things, social things, like hanging out with lots of friends. But as I was talking about, it, I'm like, I have to see people on Tuesday and mm-hmm. Thursday and Friday. And, and I'm getting like stressed. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll find time, I have a I kid, suppose. so it's
1: really easy for me to go, nah, I got a kid. Sorry, I got a child. <laughs> and we'll see. We'll see if we can squeeze one out. I don't want to put you guys... I don't want to... like. I'm just get you tired. I'm high. always
0: tired, okay? I'm going to die tired. So I thought this trip I would come back refreshed and renewed, and I fell right back into my old bullcrap. So, well...
1: I think... I don't know how this episode landed. If it's a little bit longer, that's because we had to make up some time. So you... Right on par. Nice. (laughs) Excellent. Okay. Well, that means next week is the first of the month, which we're gonna try I'm not, our best i'm not
0: promising that we have gone anywhere for that
1: yeah we're gonna try our best but i don't know ever it's been very chaotic this month and chaotic
0: and trying to find places to go in
1: spooky season peak is oh actually God. really hard it is it's pretty intense so we'll do our best we'll see what we can bring you guys and then uh i guess we'll we'll see you next week one way or another how's that sound uh, it's all right Okay, <laughs> that's all right. She's Louise. All right. Bye. British politics. Oh, bye. Thanks for listening. Mixing, editing, and music is by Kelsey Ingram. Our cover art is done by both of us. Visit our website at orso they say pod.com. You can find links to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok all at orso they say pod. If you would like to donate and have access to all of our evidence from our investigations, please visit patreon.com slash or so they say pod. You can donate as little as
0: $1 to hear EVPs, watch haunting videos, and see photographic evidence we've captured
1: during our travels. You can also give a once-off donation to our PayPal, which will be linked on our website as well. Merchandise can be found at redbubble.com slash people slash or so they say pod. You can find or so they say, on Apple Podcasts,
0: Spotify,
1: or wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. And when you do find us, please make sure to rate, review, follow, or subscribe. We, and the algorithms, will thank you for it. See, See you, you next week. week.